So I don't know how many of you saw the pictures in the front because it was dark, but there are pictures everywhere. And I'm going to get into it in a minute, but before I do, I wanted to recap a little bit uh, for those who haven't been here. And I'm a paper person, so if I distract you with my flipping of paper, I'm sorry. At least I have an ardent church notebook. <laughs> That's not a plug for them. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to recap just a teeny bit uh, if you haven't been here. We've been in a series called uh, Communion or Community. And Jared taught a message called Carried to the Table. And he said something about the prodigal son that I will never forget. It was like a new perspective of it because I've been taught about the prodigal son my whole life. I got the story, you know, but the father was giving an inheritance, inheritance words to both boys. I was always thinking it was just the youngest, but no, it was both. And he told them both to do what they will. And he gave the youngest the inheritance and the youngest, as we know, left the father's kingdom. I want you to pay attention to that. The father's kingdom, the way his father does things. And he left to do it on his own. And when he left, he attached himself to some things that aren't of him. And they attached to him. So he was in a foreign land, away from God. And he finally came to a realization when he was eating pig husks or pig food. The servants in my father's house eat better than me. And he was completely humbled. I don't know about y'all, but I've been in that place where it's like, wow, what am I doing? I could be doing better even as a servant. And, you know, I used to think, oh, he came back because, or his father rewarded him when he came back because he came back. No, it's because his heart was a heart of a servant. Humility, he was humbled and repented, which repentance, it's a churchy word. We've heard our whole lives if y'all have been in church. All he did was get up, turn around, and go back to the kingdom, the way his father did things. And the best part that really spoke to my heart was, I never thought about this, he met him where he was at. He didn't even get in the house and he was filthy. He probably smelled bad. And God met his, meets us where we're at. When we smell bad, when we are messy, and he met him there. And the part that I wanted to emphasize on is, listen to this. It got worse before it got better. Sometimes we have to come to a place of eating pig slop and junk and be spiritually starving before we will accept what the Father has because it's usually vegetables. Anyone knows me and my husband knows he won't eat vegetables. Guys, he ate Brussels sprouts last night. <laughs> well, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. He ate one. <laughs> but he ate one. Um, Brandy and Byron made it for us and he ate the one. I was like, how did y'all do that? I've been trying my whole life to get this man to eat. Well, anyways, God wants us to eat vegetables, not junk, and that leaves us spiritually starving, truly. But I also want to talk about, just for a minute, the father in the house, the one he left, his perspective. I know many of you have children. If you don't, you have someone dear to you. What that would feel like if, if someone close to you left you. What is the father's perspective of he's praying for him, he's hoping he will come home. That's what God is like with us. And I think sometimes we get in our mess and we think no one wants me 
like this. And God truly does. So that really, really ministered to me because as a mother, if my son left and just, I mean, God speaks to parents. Listen, children, God speaks to parents. (laughs) You know, I used to think my mom would know everything because she'd say, God will tell me. And I'm like, oh my God, he probably will. So (laughs) God speaks to us and to our parents. But I wanted to give you a word today. I want you to think about this word. Mimi helped me out. A lot of you did with some film, some things, but listen to the word development, okay? I think of correction as, ow, I don't want that. Don't correct me. And I'll give a little story about Caleb, which he'll probably be mad later, but we were in the car the other day, and I don't know if y'all ever have these kind of days. I was just cranky. I even have a reason. I was just mad at the world. It didn't matter. It probably needed food or something. And I said something to Caleb, and he goes, you don't have to snap at me, Mom. And in a minute, I said, don't you correct me, boy. I'm your mother. <laughs> and I think that's how we look at correct. Now, I apologize and said, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. Next time, maybe say, hey, Mom, why are you okay? It's about the tone, and he's learning. But he was absolutely right. I shouldn't have done that. And I think of correction as harsh and quick and you don't like it. But when I look at it differently as development, if I hadn't said anything, would he go up to someone and say, hey, don't talk to me like that. I'm developing his skills on how to communicate. And I think that's what God is trying to do in this year of correction that we hate. Why don't we think of it as a year of development? God is trying to develop us into something and I don't know about y'all. It takes the sting out of it a little bit. You know, it's like if you get paddled or something. I'm trying to develop you. (laughs) I don't know if that will work, but. All right, so you see photos everywhere. If you look really close before you leave, look at the back table because I put some old church photos. I think there's one in the front of Mimi. I was like, Mimi, I found a picture of you. (laughs) And there's some old photos all over. Taryn said I could use them and I was going I had so much fun upstairs going through all the photos and seeing all the funny I showed Kathy one yesterday of Dwayne Dwayne if you're listening that red suit he was wearing he was wearing this red suit and I'm like I didn't put the picture out but I'm not gonna lie that red suit it was my favorite so listen to this a photo image crafted by I might just get a normal mic. Oh, there we go. A photo is an image crafted by light. And it's on a sensitive surface. So as I'm talking today, please listen in the spirit. And then I'm kind of going to explain kind of the vision in my head of what I have. But the photos I have up here I had made yesterday. If you look real close, I don't know where Kyle and Alan are, but they're in one of these. I printed a bunch that were off of the church Facebook page because I was like, what am I going to put up there? But it took a special paper when they printed these to create the photo. It's also, photo is also a representation of a person, a scene, or a form on a transparent slide. Transparent, not dirty, not messy. Recorded by a camera or a light. The Greek word for fo- is phos or phos, which is light. Photo literally means light. So if you see, I have these little, thanks to Jonathan, all of y'all pitched in and made this look pretty awesome. Uh, light. 
And if we go today, you can join me and go to John. I have a list of scriptures today. John, and we'll go to chapter 8, verse 12. And it says, Then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Well, I have the strong. So I'm like, ooh, what does light mean in this? Guess what word it is? Phos, the Greek origin of photo. It's the same word. So I am the light of life. So that is where I got this thought is, wait a minute, he's the light. He has an idea of what the picture of our life should look like and we have to go through a process to get there because how many of us are like the prodigal son and we go our own way and we decide you know what I'm going to take this inheritance and I'm going to buy 40 pairs of shoes or I'm going to buy a new car whatever there each of you have your own thing that you did on your own without the kingdom of God the way God does things but this says Jesus spake again unto them saying I am the light of the world he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life in both places that word translates to photo the same root word which is pretty interesting he is our light the first digital camera I have some old ones up here these are pretty cool. Some of them are uh, Sharon's, and these are from Jared's house, but they're Mimi's, I think. Um, but some of these are all cool. Cool. I don't know if any of y'all remember. I'm showing my age, too, but we had these when I was little. We were like, let's take pictures of everything, and it prints out the front. You have to wave it in the air and wait for it, and some of the time, they look bad. Some of the time, it was, but the first digital camera was invented in 1975. Now, we're in an age of digital everything. We want it quick, we want it now. We don't go through a darkroom process like we used to. Now I will say this and hear this in the spirit. Professional photographers still use the darkroom. The pro, the one who knows how, like God. They use the light to make a, a picture. Analog photography is kind of a sentimental thing now. It took me a lot to try to find one near me and there's not a lot even in Texas where there's everything. Uh, dark rooms are not easy to find today, but they use them a lot in colleges, professional studios, things like that. And I want you to hear that though. The pro, the photographer that knows what he's doing, knows how to use this whole room. If I were to walk in there and be like, I don't know what to, what is this? What's this? You know, we don't know what we're doing with photography, a pro does. But most of us would rather take an easier route. I, you know what I did to print these? I literally, from my house, on the couch, put some photos in a cart and said print, went to Walmart and picked them up. How lazy is that? How quick is that? They were beautiful, printed, done, easy. All right, remember that word development? A specific state of growth or advancement a new refined product. So when the picture up here, it says Spirit Lead was on my phone, it was on my phone. But now 
it's a refined product. It's here. You can see it. It's tangible. So development, a specific state of growth or advancement. Now, as your kids, if you have kids, or even if you were a child, because all of you were, went through a state of growth and advancement, how many times did your parents say no? (laughs) Savannah, she's like, all the time. So we are so used to being told yes in this world that when it comes to correction, when it comes to development, we don't want to be told no. We don't want to go through a process of grounding. How many of y'all are grounded right now? Oh, (laughs) so Jade, you're going through a process of development. We, We want to have a clear, beautiful outlook on our lives without any work. I did that from my couch. I'm tired, I was good. Go through this whole process, we probably wouldn't be doing this message, but here we are. So I'm going to show you a photo that Caleb's going to put up on the screen for me. This is an interactive day, and I want you to tell me what you see. How many of y'all see a rabbit? Raise your hand. How many of y'all see a duck? Raise your hand. (laughs) Now, let me tell you the other word of the day. You know, we have... The word of the day is development, but here's your other word, perspective, okay? Because some of you see a duck, some of you see a rabbit, and we're all in the same place, and we're all looking at the same thing, but we all see it differently, right? Okay, now how many of you wear glasses or contacts? Thank you, you're my people. I can't see anything. If I don't have contacts, we do not want me to drive, okay? What here, this is what I see when I do not have them in, okay? This is blurry. It looks awful. Leave that there for a while, Caleb. It almost hurts my eyes. When I was looking at it, I was like, what is this? In case all of you need to know, I think this is one Jonathan took. Is this one you took? Oh, okay. He took some photos in Ireland that I'm using, but um, help. So perception. Let's go to John 9. John chapter 9. And I'm going to, we're going to talk about a little story that I know you know, and if not, you will. John chapter 9. So you can read along with me, and I'm going to reference this a lot, but it says, And Jesus passed by, and he saw a man that was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked, saying, Master, Who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now let's pause there. How many of y'all were taught or around people that something's wrong with you? You did something wrong. Oh, someone's dying. They sinned. They did something wrong. Like, because we're taught that merit is deserved. So if it's bad, you get bad. Good, you get good. But that is not the way the Father looks at us. So he, let's continue on. He, Jesus answered and said, neither hath man sinned or his parents, but the works of God should make manifest to him. So I want, I'm going to use Daniel. Where is he? Oh, okay. Look now. I know y'all want some sweet shades like Daniel. <laughs> I said, Daniel, I'm going to use you in your glasses. Now he can see red only, but the man in this story was completely blind, darkness. 
Okay, let's see what that looks like. Caleb is going to turn the lights off for a minute, so hold up. <laughs> anyway, complete. It takes a minute, you know. Sometimes we get blind quick. Sometimes it takes time to get blind. So this man was blind uh, from birth. And these are really slow lights. But <laughs> so anyway, we'll get there in a second. You know what? Sometimes blindness comes when you least expect it as well. Like now or now. <laughs> so Jesus said, neither has man sin nor parents, but the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now, there is light because we have these TVs and phones and things. But when these lights are on, it is black in here. You cannot see a thing. And I have literally bruised my shin trying to walk in here when it's dark. And here's the thing to hear in the spirit. There is only one person in this room technically that can turn the lights on. Caleb, who can turn our lights on? God, you can raise them, Caleb. Let's continue on in our story. So he's blind. He didn't do anything to become blind. He's just blind. But this part, it said, the work of God should manifest in him. So manifest means become apparent, to appear, okay? To be seen in the strongs. I must work the works of him that sent me. This is Jesus. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. There's that word again. And it's, it's the same Greek root, which is phos. Hopefully I'm saying it right. And it says, when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground. Now, I don't have a weak stomach. Some of you may, and I'm not spitting. But he literally spit or spat on the ground, got dirt. Okay, think of this process. He made clay with his spit, okay? And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. This is a process I would not enjoy, okay? I don't know if you would either. This is a process. Hear that word, okay? And he said unto him, go wash in the pool of Shalom, and hopefully I'm saying that right too, which is interpretation sent. He went his way there, washed, and he came seeing. So he went through a process from blindness to sight in a process that nobody wants to go through. I'm not going to lie. If one of y'all wanted to spit in my eyes, I might say, I'm going to go to an eye doctor because I don't want that on me. But I'm going to talk through the process of a dark room, okay? And a lot of this, I hope you can hear it in the spirit the way I did, because it was one of those light bulb, oh, no pun intended, light bulb moments where it was like, oh my gosh, God. So the first step, whenever you're going through a process of uh, in a room would be set up, to set it up. Okay, what does that have to mean spiritually? We have to set it up. How many of you have ever been in a place that you don't know why actually? You're there. You're, someone asked me the other day, they were like, so why are you in Texas? How'd you get here? I was like, well, we actually moved here for my husband's job, but the job fell through halfway here. He got another job. Why are you here? Why am I here? I'm here to do the work of the Lord. This is where God wants me. How many of y'all have set, your lives are set up to go through a process? 
So perception, remember that fun little word? This is the ability to become aware of something through the senses. When the blind man became to where he can see, he had a sense that he could see. Can you imagine what it'd be like if you couldn't see and then to go see, become to where you could see? It'd be amazing. Okay. A of regarding something or interpreting something. Think about that in the spirit. How do you interpret the spirit of God? How did you interpret the rabbit or the duck? Was there unity? You all interpret it differently. Now I tricked you because it's one of those things that look like you, you can't really see that. But I want us to think about that. Our perception of things, our point of view. It also means an accurate rating of what is important and what isn't. Think about that. What's important and what isn't. Step one is the process. Here's a cool thing, which I don't have the container, but Mimi gave me some film. So I don't know if any of y'all have seen these before, but usually when you're going through a dark room and you're gonna develop the film, there's a little container, which we're gonna talk about. So we're setting it all up because I can't expose this film in the light or it distorts. It has to be in the dark. So hear that. Okay, step two. This part is pretty cool. Whenever it's in the container, it's rolled up and you have to open the container. So whenever I heard that, I thought, open, open it up. Are we open to correction? No. <laughs> Are we open? Okay, exposing this film too soon will, even the tiniest little bit of film will destroy the negative. I'm sorry, light. If we expose it, it would destroy the, the negative. So this is the ne a fun one. The step three is, if it's in the roll, you take it out, you cut the film. And where do you cut it? The absolute center of the film. What is in your life that God has to cut at the center to get you to come into this process? Sometimes he has to cut us out of situations away from people. Sometimes we have to cut out our pride. Sometimes we have to cut out. How many of us are like, you know what? Nope. I don't want to cut it at the center. What is in the center? If you don't cut it, it can't come out and be developed. So next we have to load this film in a reel. And this is kind of cool. You have to find a little slit in the side. If I had the actual reel, and you have to wind it back and forth. How many of y'all feel like you've been going back and forth for a while? You have to wind the film around back and forth. And here's the best part. You do that until it's securely fastened to the reel and it can't move. It can't be developed unless it doesn't move. Then we have to put it in the tank. And I don't have a tank here because this, what I'm describing is actually the film, which I'll describe my little trays. I know y'all have seen that in movies, right? So then you have to create a developer. So there's a lot of chemicals that are mixed in the container to do that. And this is going to be our developer today. But here's an interesting thought. The developer is separate from the film. It's not created when it's in it. So a lot of times, as much as we need to understand we are like God and his spirit. We are not him. So we cannot do what he does. I say again, he is the professional. Okay, next, this is kind of a, 
a hard one. The, after you pour in your developer, the professional decides, based on the size of the film and everything, the length of time it's going to be in the process. How many of y'all are like, you know what? I had a bad day. Hopefully t- tomorrow's better. And you go on for weeks and months in a process. And how many of us think, you know what? If I could just get out of this quick. I don't know about y'all, but I am a microwave person. Give it to me fast. If I go out to eat, if I got to wait a long time, I'm starving. Let's go somewhere else. We are like that when it comes to God's correction. Fix me fast. Fix me now. We want it now is what I wrote. (laughs) I was trying to condense notes so I can remember. But this is a really good one too. If I were to take this film and I were were to put in the developer, and because I'm not the pro, I don't know how long it's going to happen, but... Staying in too long can leave the picture with a lack of clarity. How many of y'all have decided to stay in your mess too long? I like it here. People feel sorry for me here. I want to stay here. This, this it is, so in my victim mentality, I am distorted and unclear. Guess what happens? I'm talking to people every day. What am I saying from a place of distortion, a place of unclarity? So if I stay too long, the pro knows how long. So many of us love our darkness. We want to stay in there. They call me the death goddess as a joke because I like darkness, (laughs) but not spiritual darkness. It's safe in here. This is all I've known. Who am I without my darkness? Next. We pour in the developer into the tank, and here's another part that we don't like. We agitate it. You have to move it back and forth, back and forth. I don't like when God moves me. I don't like when he agitates me. He asks me to do things. You know what? I would be so happy sitting in that corner all by myself, and all of you do everything. God agitates us. Then he fills our tank with this stuff. Ooh, that's a cool color. I'm wearing white pants. Uh, (laughs) he fills it with something called stop bath. This prevents the film from developing any further. When we let the pro correct us, he doesn't develop our hurts any further. He heals. You know what I was talking about this morning? We're at a place of healing, and there are times in our whole life we're going to need healing. But like Jared said a couple Sundays ago when he had the table up here, Yes, we're a hospital. We're in the ICU. Come to the ICU. Get healed. Then get out of the way. Because there are people that need to be healed. And you then become, you then become the healer. You then become the one that he uses. So the stop bath. And it's cool. I didn't know all of this. But if you put the photo in there, it's gonna, the developer is going to stop it. And it's going to make it so it doesn't overdevelop. I want to talk about something that all of us have and we don't know we have, and that's broken mindsets, broken perception. Look at my picture. Really, we see it's kind of some buildings, but we don't really know where. I was thinking it was a photo from Ireland, but it isn't. I, I don't know. So, Caleb, maybe give us a clear version. So, when my mindset gets fixed, in the dark room, in the place of correction, I see clearly. Now I can tell you what this is. What am I telling you when it's wrong? That's where we have to truly ask the professional, God, 
what it is. Okay, so then the next thing you pour in is a fixer. I, was, I always joke, and I tease Ryan because he kind of sounds like Fix-It Felix, but I am a fixer by nature. If there's something wrong with you, I'm going to run over and try to fix you. It is just who I am. But guess what that comes from, too? Sounds good, doesn't it? It comes from a broken mindset that if I don't fix all of this, there's a problem. That I'm not worthy if I'm not fixing. How many of y'all are fixers? Guess who the fixer is? The professional. God. You submerge the photo in this, in the next chemical that is called the fixer. The fixer stabilizes the film so it can be exposed to the light. Because when you go out of that place, you're a new person. If you are not stable in God and in Christ, you can be damaged and distorted, just like that previous picture. And then the next one is pretty cool. It's completely submerge it. So are we submerged in the Spirit of God? Because this is where all of the chemicals are rinsed and they're soaked. We have to be submerged in, in the Spirit of God. And when you come out of it, it's a beautiful picture like I have up here. Think about this. We say victory and vulnerability. That means, listen, victory. We overcame something. We just went through the process. So we're not ashamed that we went through the process. But the biggest thing I want you to hear in the spirit is we allow the professional to fix us and we move on. Okay, we are allowing him to fix what's wrong. Then we say victory and vulnerability. We say, guess what? I screwed up. Guess what? I had road rage. Guess what? I did whatever. You can say we can make it to the nth degree. We did a Wednesday night about levels to sin, you know, and we learned really there isn't a level to missing the mark. There's just different ways you can do it. But we went through this process of development, correction to come out to be victorious, okay? I think, I think Jared said testimony. We're not whining the money. We're saying we passed a test, and that's what we're here to do today. So I think I have one more picture, don't I, Caleb? No? Okay, well, show the, the one that I had up here again um, that's blurry. I want to go back to something. When Daniel's wearing his red glasses, wherever he is, he only sees red. Okay, when my mindset's broken and my perspective, how I see, is not healed, is not corrected by the Spirit of God, am I sharing my perspective with you? Am I making you believe that that's okay? That is wicked. That is twisting of the word. That is not of God. He has to take us through a place of correction so that we can emerge victorious and be the ones working in the ICU. Are we, do we try to prevent any of these processes? I don't know about y'all, but there's been times where I knew God wanted to do something in me, and I was like, you know, that doesn't sound like it's going to feel very nice. I think I'm going to skip it. And when I skip it, guess what? It gets worse before it gets better. Remember I said that before. I wanted to talk a little bit about one more thing. I have these cool lights that Jonathan brought. In a room, there's what's called a safe light. So in here, we have a million lights, but there's usually one light in the room that's red. It's called a safe light. And here's what it does. It converts your dark space into a red-lit room. And the reason you can have this red light on during 
the process without ruining the paper is because the paper is partially created to be under and one with the light. God is the light. We are created to be one with him. In Genesis 1 in, through 3, he talks about he created us for relationship. When we try to fill that void, the lack of with anything other than him, it just makes us have to repeat the process again. How many of y'all have been through a process over and over and you don't even know why? I've talked to people and I'm guilty. This message is for me first. Let me tell you, all of us, victory and vulnerability. But I'm standing victorious today because I am praying daily, God, am I perfect? God, no. Progressing. I'm praying, God, every day, search me. Try me. Show me what's wrong. Show me if I need to stay in longer. Show me if I need to remain in this dark place so that you can emerge me and create me what I need to be. Because the photo that God has for us doesn't look like this. Oh, Mimi gave me this, and I love it. It's poppy, but it's distorted, and you can't really see it unless you have like a... Dustin has like 20-20 vision. It makes me so mad because I can't see anything. But it's distorted. It's him as a young boy, and you can't see it, okay? And, you know, she said, I don't know why I kept that photo, but we don't want to keep things that we consider broken. We don't want to keep it, but God does. He's the master. He's the pro. He can take you through the process. I have some more, too. This, these are always so freaky. They have, like, the, you only see, like, eyes and things. Um, this is it got messed up in the stage of development. It didn't stay in too long, or, it's, or, it's, or it didn't stay in long enough, or it stayed in too long. So we want to stay in the table and say, fix me. I don't want to do it. I want to stay broken. I want to be a victim. And God is saying, no, you want to be victorious. God is our safe light. We are the paper. We were created to be like him. And I have my little trays here, and I didn't really even do anything with them. That's kind of how it works, huh? But you can see them. And the trays are an environment that hold the water. What environment are you in that holds? Does it hold the Holy Spirit? Are the people in your life speaking life to you? Are you in an environment that brings you down? So the main thing is stay close to him. So when Jesus healed the blind man, he spit in his eyes, which I still, I can't even, I'm like, uh, <laughs> holy, water, holy mud. I hate mud. <laughs> Anyone that knows me is like, uh, if it rains, I cry. I have dogs, mud. So perspective vision. I'm going to go back to this. This is another point. This is the angle in which a person, a person looks at an object. How do you see the areas that God wants to correct in you? What if you tell yourself that they're part of you, that you need them, that they make you who you are? Because we're not what we went through. That is not our identity. So when we look at these pictures that are up here, and maybe you can't see them very well, this last one is a picture I took in Montana. It was snowing, and you can't see it very clear because there's a bunch of snow, and I was also in the car. But if you look at that, you won't know what the picture is, but I could tell you it's anywhere and you'd believe me. Are we speaking the truth to people based on my perception? Now, a few minutes ago, I said, oh, Jonathan, that's a picture you took in Ireland. And he's like, no. Again, my perception. 
Caleb, will you put the one back up there of the duck? I said, Caleb, find one of those things online that is like tricky, makes you see something else. And the first time I looked at it, I saw the duck. I didn't see the rabbit. And he told me, but how many of us, in, like I said, in this room, think of this spiritually. Do we see the Spirit of God in unity? There's only one way to do it to go to the professional that will take us through the process, the year of correction, the year of development. So I want to go back to one little point. um, And that's where, go back to John 9. In the first scripture it says, I'm sorry, the second. And his disciples asked him, and I mentioned this, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents, I want to make a very valid point. I don't know why I'm making this, but I'm going to. How many of y'all see something going on with someone and you go ask someone else? Why don't you go ask them? How many of us do that, though? I do. I'm guilty. I'm like, oh, my gosh, guys, what about this? No. The disciples said, hey, why is he blind? Did he? wrong that is an area of correction (laughs) correct me God why don't we go to the person and I'm going to tell any of you today that feel like you're judged that you're not good enough because you have something a reason to go through these processes not one person in this room doesn't have a a reason to go through a process some of us hide it better some of us don't show the reasons we have to go through the process. Some of us are in a dark place right now. And in those dark places, we have to call out to God, to the, not the people around us. When I shared this morning, when I was in prayer on that night of worship, and I was just praying, and it was like God saying, I'm the vine, don't go to the branches. Go to me. Now, does God use us to go to the branches and minister? Yes, but what am I ministering if I have a broken perception because I haven't went to the master because I didn't stay in the vine? And that's why I pray daily, God, what is my perception of this when someone comes up to me and says, can you pray for me? I'm going through this. What kind of advice am I giving if I'm not directly in one with the Spirit of God? Communion, communion. Let's go back to the prodigal son story. I'm going back and forth, but I want you to hear this. When he was far off and he met him, he, I left out the best part. I love this part. He brought him a new robe, the best robe. I don't know how many of y'all like clothes, but he got the best robe. He didn't get a disgusting robe. He got the best. And the ring, and the ring meant authority. He was in a mess. He didn't even deserve that. But here's the best part. He said, you're back. Let's commune. Let's eat. Let's kill the best calf we have. Let's do this together. Let's commune one-on-one, me and you. We're going to have a whole party in your honor. And why was that? Because the prodigal son went through a process of correction. And when he was in this stop bath, he said, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be developed wrong anymore. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go home. And guess what I'm going to do? Serve. I'm going to serve you, God. I don't know how many of you were taught this. I've been in church my whole life. And up until like, I don't know, a few years ago, I used to think, we go to church to get refilled and refreshed, and I'm going to go. And then 
you know, the music wasn't what I thought it was going to be, and no one really talked to me. And then I leave and think, you know, church wasn't even that good today. That's a broken mindset. It's a broken perception. When I said during, when we were singing, God, I'm here today to serve. How can I serve you? Because the conversation with God and I should be happening Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And when I come into this place, yes, God can mend. He did today. I'm not denying that he doesn't do it here. But he should be doing it out there too. He should be doing it in your prayer closet. He should be doing it with you one-on-one because we get in here. I said, if you're not being ministered to, pray on how you can minister to someone else because we're here to serve. So many of us get it wrong. It's all about me. You gotta serve me. What's, I already heard that song in my head, Toby Keith. I'm going to talk about me. Gonna talk about, how many of y'all, we, we are selfish by nature. We want to be in the hospital bed, not necessarily hurt, but they bring us food and cards and flowers, and everyone loves us and feels sorry for us. And God is saying, get up out of the bed. It is time for you to give it to someone else. And that's where we are. We have to stand up and take authority today. And how does that happen? Communion one-on-one with him. The prodigal son didn't come back and his father throw in his face everything he did. He said, you're back. Your heart is at a place of repentance and let's commune together. When the blind man stood up, he, he saw. He submerged in the pool, in the Holy Spirit. He submerged. When he came out, he can see. When I submerge, in the spirit of God, in my aloneness, in my alone time with him, I come out of that seeing. And that's the point I want to make today is correction sounds awful. I don't know how many of y'all got your butt whooped as a child, but I did. (laughs) You know what? It wasn't good. At the time, it was awful. It did benefit me today. My parents developed me. Does that make sense? Maybe a little too much at times, but we develop our children, and that's what God is trying to do today is develop us and take us to a place of correction. Because I'm not going to lie, when Mimi first was sharing about the year of correction, I was like, oh, can't we have another word for the year? Like, I don't know, redemption? Can we have uh, strength, faith? No, correction. How do we get all those things if we don't go through the year of correction? Actually, years, it's consistent. I want to make one more point that's kind of with this and kind of not. Whenever we go through this process and we are healed and we stand victorious, sometimes, number one, it doesn't happen right away. Sometimes it is gradual and progressive. And number two, whenever we are here and we are healed, we have to do it daily daily because guess what's going to happen whatever hurt you in the first place is going to come back to your mind it's going to come back up whatever puts you in the ICU it's going to be around it's going to be a trigger you're going to hear it you're going to see it be like oh my gosh that's when I broke my leg and you're going to have PTSD or whatever but that's where we get alone with God and say right now I'm casting down this thought that doesn't line up with your word and we pray on our armor and We go through the process, and then the person who's the photographer can hang it up. Now it's went through the stop bath. This is like the armor of God. It prevents it from overdeveloping or underdeveloping. So, Caleb, will you put it on our main screen? This week and next week, we're wrapping up the communion service. And at the end, I think we're going to, or series, I think we're going to take communion. 
But I want you to think about the dark room of your life and those times where we sometimes blame the enemy and we blame who other people, they might be responsible. But what if God takes that time in your life to correct you, to change you, to morph you into something that he wants you to be?